Welcome back to the Morning Skate. This is episode 296, another solo brownie adventure without my co-host, Ked. Uh, I am joined today by uh, the Northeastern women's hockey head coach since 2008 and the sixth in the program history with seven NCAA appearances, six Hockey East championships, five Hockey East titles, four beanpot crowns, three straight Frozen Four appearances, the five-time Hockey East Coach of the Year Award winner, two-time All-New England Coach of the Year Award winner, two-time CCM AHCA Coach of the Year Award winner, inducted into the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey Hall of Fame, and with a career coaching record at Northeastern of .680. Ladies and gentlemen, head coach Dave Flint. Coach, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Good. Thanks for having me on. Um, been been waiting to find out when I was going to get the invite. Yeah. <laughs> gets on here a lot, so uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to break in. So I, I'll, I'll read between the lines that you were tired of listening to Carp, and I get that. So we all can appreciate that. Uh, I want to jump in with this big question. Have you ever worn all the Hockey East rings out all at once? I have not. You didn't do like the Tom Brady picture. You never don't have one no, of those. Um, messing around in my own house, like <laughs> yeah, sitting on the couch or whatever. Um, but no, I've, I have not uh, have not done that. All right. Uh, we'll go back to the beginning. I just wanted to ask that one. That one popped in when I was doing the. I was just like, I just got to ask him. Um, How did you get your start in hockey? Did you, was there early influence? Parents, siblings? Yeah, it was. Uh... <clears throat> I think I was about five years old and I think this story might be a pretty popular one, but I was, I was watching the the Bruins on a black and white TV channel 38 yeah. with, with my dad. And um, I, from what my dad says, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And um, he asked me at some point, do you want to, do you want to try hockey? Neither of my parents had ever played hockey. Nobody in our family had played Um so they they introduced me to it at a pretty young age, and uh, and I I loved it from the second I put on skates and have have been a part of it ever since. Were you always did you always gravitate towards net? Were you like uh, a big uh, like uh, fan? Was the goalie gear, or were you was one of those kids where I was like, wait, the goalie stays on the whole game? Or um, it, it was actually by accident that I became a goalie. So uh, believe it or not, I I actually was was a forward until I was about 11 years old. And I, you know, for, for youth hockey in New Hampshire was pretty good, pretty good player. Um, and I missed tryouts and, uh, my family was the only, it was the first vacation we had been on in a long time. My parents like, we're not, we're not really scheduling vacation so we can go to hockey tryouts. Right. Right. So the coach said, Hey, I can't do anything for you, but, we still need a goalie. And I was always the kid back then you only had one goalie. And then you had the kid when the goalie was sick, who threw the pads on. I, right. I was that kid. Um, and I kind of gravitated towards it in street hockey and stuff. So I said to my parents, I want to play with all my friends this year. So I'm going to try out for goalie. It'll just be for a year. And then I'll go back <laughs> to play forward. Well, it wasn't just for a year. And I think it was three years later, I was playing for my high school team and, and uh, took off from there. Uh, were, there, were there any other sports that you played growing up? Were you or were you solely hockey? Uh, soccer and baseball. Soccer and baseball. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
And you took that, you took your talents to North Adams State. Uh, rest in peace to North Adams State. I forget what it's called now. Well, it's yeah, Mass College of Liberal Arts, That's but right, they are right. they they are bringing the the men's hockey program back. Oh yeah, that's and, great. And they're starting a women's program. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And you, you were the, uh, you were the team MVP your senior year. Uh, I was up there at UMass around the same time. So okay, yeah. 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 It was a fun country up there. Be back then. Beautiful Berkshires. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, St. Anselm, St. Ace, uh, athletic trainer and the men's team assistant coach uh, to start. Um, you guys had some uh, success there is when you were the assistant uh, ECAC D2 championships, 2000, 2001. Um, you were in charge of the goalies and the D is that correct? Yep. Goalies and defense. Um, yeah. I, I got my, I got my, my break in coaching at St. Anselm. I was actually working there just volunteering, finishing up my athletic training hours so I could get my certification. And, uh, Ken Kuzik was the head coach at the time. Um, he he knew me from when I played at Trinity High School, which played out of the same rank. And uh, he said, hey, I, I need an assistant. We're only paying 2500 bucks, but do you want to do it? And uh, I thought, sure, why not? Right, yeah. And, um, yeah, and that turned into 13 years at, at St. Anselm where I was um, – once I got my athletic training certification, they made me a full-time athletic trainer slash assistant men's hockey coach. And and then you, well, this actually probably leads into why everyone nowadays refers to NU as goaltender university. Probably your, your handprints on that with uh, some of the talent you've had. I always feel like when I coached, it was lacrosse, so it was very different, but I always kind of just left the goalies alone because I didn't know a whole lot about goalies. Uh, and I feel like having a head coach who was a goalie offers a uh, unique perspective to, to dealing with a team and the dynamics and the goalies overall. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, it's like you said, with coaching in lacrosse, sometimes when, when coaches don't understand the position, they just say, get in there and, and, and stop the puck or stop the ball. Yeah. Um, and they don't get the training or the coaching that, that they need. Uh, but it's, it's, arguably the most important position on your team. Yeah. And so, um, so for me, you know, it, it's easy for me to, to coach the goalies because I've been doing it so long and I played the position, but it, the tough part I think of it is, um, you know, when you're the head coach, you have a lot of other responsibilities. So sometimes I don't give the goalies the attention that they need I try my best, but that's why, you know, we've had the last however many years, Todd Lampert's been our, our, our volunteer coach and he's done a great job and um, can pick up, pick up those, you know, that time that I can't spend with them and, and really has done a really good job with it. Todd's my guy. We uh, Delaney, Delaney O'Brien sat, I don't know when it started, but at one point she, we had assigned seats in the press box and she put me next to Todd. And we just clicked. I don't know if it, if she was thinking we were going to be like Statler and Waldorf, you know, those two Muppets guys. I think, I think that was the vibe she was going for. But when uh, I got there to the Yale game to get in this past season, I got there a little late. So I was sitting with all the Yale people across and I, uh, I texted Delaney cause I could see her and Todd 
And I'm like, please tell Todd I miss him. And he was waving to me across the rink and stuff. <laughs> great. I love sitting next to him. He's so funny. Amazing human being. Todd. Yeah, great. Well, Carp always says, like, you should get him on the podcast, but then we'll have to explain to him what a podcast is. That's yeah, it. and then <laughs> just even trying to, to get him to sign into the computer, and it, it would be a whole thing. I'm going to have to do an in-person one with him or something. He's great, though. I love sitting with him. Um, so then the, tra- the the shift to women's hockey. Uh, you built that program, yeah, from the ground up. Uh, what spurred you to to make that change, or was it something you always wanted to coach, or was it a better position? Yeah, so, um, you know, seven years as the assistant coach, I was starting to get the itch to, to be a head coach, and Ken Kuzik had resigned, and so the job was open, and um, I didn't get the men's head job. And, and, and I look back in retrospect, I was still pretty green. Yeah. So, and they brought in Ed Sini, who had a, a ton of experience and had been really successful at, at Potsdam State. And so, you know, I understood from that, that point of view, but um, they were building a, a brand new arena at the time. And they announced that they were going to start a women's hockey program. So the AD, uh, Ed Cannon, approached me and he said, Hey, I know you want to be a a head coach. What do you think about starting up our our women's hockey program? And, um, you know, I, I, I talked to some coaches and, you know, talked to, talked to my family Well, my wife at the time, because my kids were little, um, and, uh, and made the decision. Like, you know, I I looked at it as I, I want to be a head coach. I think I can, I can, do a good job and be successful. Um, and it was an amazing opportunity and I love St. Anselm college. So I was like, Hey, it's, it's at a place I want to be. It, I can start my own program. I can put, you know, make it my own and, and, um, and start from ground zero. And so I took the job and, and, uh, and never looked back. Yeah. Build it the way you want it. Right. If there's not a position for you, make your own. Right. Right. Um, so open championship in the first varsity season, 0405, and then back to back in your final two years of 2006, 2000, uh, 2006, seven and seven, eight. Uh, so quite the run there with the women's, with the women's program. And that was when you roughly, when you started working for team USA, 2005, around that time. Yeah. Right around there. Okay. Yeah. What, what was that experience like Olympics and, now you're getting the best players from all over the country, a little different than the, than the skill level at St. A's, I would guess. Yeah, totally, totally different. And, um, you know, I, I put my, you know, I said, I'd love to get involved, but how can I get my foot in the door? And so I use my, my goaltending, um, coaching experience and, and, uh, sent my resume into, to USA hockey and to the director of, of women's hockey. And, um, you know, started out as, as the goalie coach and um, and worked my way through and worked my way up and kept getting invited back to tournaments and we were winning world championships. So I, I don't know if they thought I was a good luck charm or whatever, but I got to I got to experience a lot of that and um, and then ultimately uh, got asked to to coach in the 2010 Olympics, which was you know an, an amazing experience and and one that I'll never forget. Just walking out for the like the walk-ins and stuff was, I mean, that was Vancouver, right? Van, yeah, yeah, the Vancouver, Vancouver Olympic Games, and 
Uh, I want to go back to with some of the the when you were on that world championship team, the gold medal in China. Uh, some of the like the names are like, you know, uh, you had Casey Bellamy, you know, Julie Chu, Megan Duggan, Angela Ruggiero, a young Hillary Knight. You know, it's just like these are the names. These are icons in the women's game. You know, yeah, yeah they you know, some some um amazing players and um it's it's funny i did i worked a usa camp uh not too long ago and hillary knight came up to me and she's like hey coach welcome back and i said <laughs> i said i don't I, I don't know if what this means i said but you're the only one left from the last time i was here <laughs> you know it was funny when uh when uh maureen murphy came on she had just gotten the nod to go to us team usa i think and i asked her or maybe it was right after i talked to her and i asked her i go how come you didn't ask hillary knight for number 21 i go you were coming in off of it and she's like no no it was just funny uh i did want to ask you uh about the uh the olympics in vancouver uh the lamoro sisters who i always equated them to like the sedines but with an edge they uh they came in like a, that was their big coming out party right that yeah. olympics yeah, they uh, you know they were they were still young um, players and just getting into into the the international scene and um, yeah they were they were dominant players and and yeah I mean you could say Sedine twins I say the only comparison is twins because the, the, that's they, what I meant the edge yeah they, they played a, a different type of game yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, they were they were such an important part of of our success and um, such good players. So I've asked players this, like when uh, Katie Knoll came on, I, we talked about her international play and stuff. As a coach, do you get a little more of a leeway in terms of your time? Were you able to experience China or Vancouver a little bit more than maybe the players? Yeah, you, you get you get some free days where you can go off and and do stuff and. Um, so, you know, I, I went to Sweden, I went to Finland, I went to China, Vancouver. Um, so, yeah, you get you get some time during those during those trips where it's, it's not all business. Um, you do you get days off here and there. Or, you know, you get an afternoon off, you can go do something. And so it's it's you know, it, it was all, it was amazing, obviously, to, to coach in those tournaments. But um what made it even more special was I could experience another part of the world and, and get to do some things. Was there any moments that stand out from you from any of those tourneys or a few or any like, Oh my God, I met X like here or something, you know? No, I think it was just, you know, traveling around and just learning about the cultures and um, you know, and in, in how vastly different it was. You know, the thing with Sweden and Finland, you were kind of in the middle of nowhere. So it wasn't like city where there's a bunch of stuff going on, but it was just nice to, to, you know, go, go see the countryside and, you know, jump on a, on a train and, and, and go see some stuff. So, um, but I don't know if there's anything that really stands out that it was like a specific memory. Yeah. I didn't know. I'm just curious. I didn't know if like you were like, Oh, uh, actually we went to Finland, um, we rented a, um, it, it's they call it a, a smoke sauna. So it's basically a, a cabin in the woods that's a sauna, and you go in there and you sit in there, 
and then, and this is in the middle of the winter. And then you sit in there for 15 minutes and you walk down this little trail through the snow. And then you jump in a pond where they have like the water circulating just yeah. so it doesn't freeze over. So you jump in there and then you go sit in a room, you have a beer or whatever you hang out. And then, uh, and then you go do it again. You do it three times. And uh, it was, un- it was unbelievable. I mean, and you feel like a million bucks afterwards, but it was, it was just a cool experience. That's like the sauna cold plunge now. That's yeah, to make its pretty way. much. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty this interesting. Was, this was 09. I think we did that. He had their time. Yeah, Finland was way ahead, way ahead of everybody else. Uh, and then the so then the move to Northeastern came. Uh, you were making a lot of noise in Saint A's. I I forget how the the Northeastern site they they had a funny turn of phrase. I liked it. They said he was making some noise in Saint A's and then got on the radar or something to that effect. Um, so I talked to Coach Carp and uh, about the coaching philosophy. And he said, and some of your players then afterwards echoed, uh, you can control thing, two things, your effort and your attitude. And that's pretty much the philosophy. Was that something that you had started back at St. A's or something that kind of evolved when you were at Northeastern? I think it, I've always kind of preached that as a coach. Um, that was something that was instilled in me from my high school coach. Um, so, you know, in, in, today's day and age, there's so many things to get caught up in and get, get distracted with. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on, on our student athletes. A lot of it, um, kids put on themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, we just, we have them focus on things they control can control. And a lot of, a a lot of players end up focusing on things they have zero control over and that, that sidetracks them. So, you know, your effort and your attitude, or, or two things that you have full control over and can affect the whole team. Um, so those, those are really points of emphasis for us. Yeah, no, it's great. I, 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 I've talked to different players over the last few years. And one of the things I think that you, uh, the vibe you set is that, that calmness, like I equate it to like a duck like nice and calm, but maybe underneath, you know, and uh, I mean, just the looseness of the team. Uh, We've talked about like different players dancing during, you know, looking up at the Jumbotron and just, I'm like, it's hockey East, man. I'm like pins and needles, you know, and you guys, it's just, yeah, I think it speaks to you guys and, and the way, uh, the way you set that tone. Um, Carp also told me that you were the ultimate player manager. Uh, treat all the players as if they were your kids, but also as adults, which was echoed by a lot of your players, by the way you treat them. And I think the respect, I think that comes across when I, when I was at one of the practices, just the way they all support each other. It's very supportive, very family esque, if that makes sense. Yeah. And to, to be honest, it's, it's been a work in progress. I've been there going into my 16th season now and, you know, it wasn't like that when I was younger, just cause I, I didn't know better. And, and, and I think I've really, I've learned over the years and I've changed my a- approach as a coach. And I think the most challenging thing is when you have, you know, 24 to 28 players is, is caring about all of them and, in, in, in really being involved in their lives and, and know what's going on. And um, so, so that's been, I think a real, a real challenge for me, 
but an area where I think I've, I've gotten really good at as, as a coach. And I do, I, you know, it's, it's stressful when you have that many players and you, and you try to treat them like, and you worry about them too, just like they're your own kids. Um, So it's, it's, it can be a lot at times, Um, but that's how I want to run the program. And that's one reason I think we've been so successful is the players know I care about them. The players all care about each other. Uh, the locker room, the culture is as good as it's ever been. And it, it, but like I said, it wasn't always there. It's been, it's been a real work in progress and I feel like it gets better and better every single year. Tough to argue with the results as of late as well. Um, I am going to read you some of these quotes. I won't give, well, one of them is a giveaway, but um, coach Flint really values the personal aspect, which I really respect. He understands through that though hockey is our lives, sometimes there are things more important than hockey. He's helped build a culture that's great because of who he and the whole staff, how he and the whole staff treat people on and off the ice. And I think everyone who's played for him will say they're not only a better player, but also a better person. And that was a, a prevailing theme through all this. Everybody, as much as they appreciated your your attention to detail, you and the coaching staff, the X's and O's, everybody talked about how much you helped them as a person. And I think that speaks to the relationships. Uh, helped me a lot as a player, but mostly as a person. Very caring coach. Treats the team like his own kids. He's impacted me as a player in person more than I ever thought possible. Having Coach Flint has reshaped and reignited my love for this game. Uh, I've never really had a coach like him. He's always been there to support me as a person. Uh, and then uh, this one I have to give away because you're going to know who it was. Uh, Alina talked about her first official visit with her parents. Uh, and uh, she had an early flight, and they didn't understand Uber very well, and you drove them to the airport. And she still remembers that and made mention of it to me. And she also told me that you still check in on her after flights. And yep. I think that's great. Yeah. So in for for most of our players, especially her and, and Chloe, our international players that have to travel far, I always make them text me when they land and make sure that they're safe. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's just who I who I am. Yeah. And uh, I think it's uh, like I said, it's it's a challenge at times because you got a lot of a lot of kids to worry about. Right. And sometimes then you feel bad if you didn't check in with somebody who had a bad day or, you know, and then and then I have two of my own kids at home that I can't I can't neglect them either. So um, but it's you know, that's an important part for me. And um, I I think it makes their experience better. Um, And it also, you know, people may argue, but I, I think it makes them them better hockey players, too. Um, just by knowing that they have people around them that support them, that care about them. Um, they can be in an environment where they relax and they can be themselves and they can just, you know, play hockey and, and hopefully have fun with it. Yeah. it's something to that. We, a uh, few of them mentioned how a uh, mistake doesn't bury you on the depth chart. And, you know, that's like the whole, like Bruce Cassidy got a lot of grief for that, uh, you know, here uh, with the Bruins, but you know, every, I think everybody's personality is a little different and how it how it interacts. Um, so you had um, you had two winners, Kendall Coyne Schofield, Aaron Frankel, Patty Cass winners. I'm not going to get you in trouble, but I'll say it. Alina Mueller should have been your third. Uh, you can go the no comment route. 
Uh, and then the, the, the success of the goaltending, we talked about Florence Schelling, Chloe Desjardins, Frankel again, and now uh, Gwyneth Phillips. And uh, it's an uncanny run. Like, it's unbelievable. You know, I mean, look at Edmonton. Look how long they've been looking for a goalie, you know. <laughs> and, well, and Devin Levi was there, too. Not that you had anything. But, I mean, just all these goalies. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a remarkable run. And the biggest part to me with a young daughter who looks up to all these players, like she's obsessed with Katie Noel. She named one of her chickens after Katie, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. Um you had over 100 Hockey East all academics in the last 10 years. And I know that's something you guys take pride in. The student part of the student athlete comes first for a reason. Uh, go ahead. Let, talk yeah, about so, you know, um, I was talking about this the other day. You know, for, for my players, they know the, the order of their priorities need to be family, academics, hockey, and then your social life is a, is a distant Fourth, there, there'll be time for that, but you know your priorities need to be in order. So obviously, the the family part of it is is crucial. Um, but you know, then then comes the education because at the end of the day, they they need that diploma to to get a good job and and to be productive member in society and hopefully someday maybe take care of a family and you got to pay a mortgage and all that good stuff that comes with being an adult. And then, then, then the hockey piece falls into it. And, you know, you try to, that's a big part of their college process, but you try to make that as enjoyable for them as, as it can be along with helping them develop um, as a player and, and, and reach the top level that they can. So um, that's, that's kind of what I always preach is, is the, the priorities and in, in the order they need to be in when, when they're playing at Northeastern. I remember back in college, it was the, the talk from the lacrosse coach at UMass was you could focus on two things, either school, athletics or social. And uh, my two were, were the wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> it was lacrosse and social. But yeah, that, yeah. Those, uh, those don't always add up. It adds, no. adds up for a good time, but yeah, yeah. the good time back, doesn't last that long. I look back fondly on those on those short times. Um uh, are there any moments that you have like uh, mental highlights from some of these runs? I mean, like we, I talked to both ends of it. Like when Alina gave that award to Murphy is one of the moments that stands out to me from that season. Anything like that? That's big for you. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was unbelievable and, and a big moment. I, I think for us, getting to the national championship game and it was, you know, it was during a year that was, it was really hard for everybody. It was, you know, COVID, it it was a tough year for me. Um, You know, you're getting tested three times a week. The kids can't interact with each other except at the rink. You got to wear a mask. I mean, there's so like life was so chaotic and we, we persevered through everything that we had going on and, and, you know, came overtime away from, hmm. from winning the school's first ever national championship. So for me, that was just a special year. And, um, you know, but there's, there's so many, you know, the double OT win we had against BU at their place in the bean pot. Okay. I look back, uh, I think it was in 2012 or I think 2012 when we won our, it was the first bean pot we had won in, 
I don't know how many years. It was a lot of years. For some reason, 14, 14, 14 I think, yeah, sticks in my head. Was, yeah. And uh, I still remember it. Uh, Kendall Coyne sent Casey Pickett in, and, and mm. Casey scored the game winner, and, and we won the bean pod. And Peter Roby, who was our athletic director at the time, there's video of him – sprinting through the, the stands just doing fist pumps oh, that's um, great. so it was that was a that was like the first big um you know big win big win for me with the program and you know i, I can look back like 2018 we win our first ever championship um that started here six you know us to going on six in a row so there's a lot of different things um I don't know if I could put one in front of the under. In front of no, the no. I just was looking for the highlights, like your highlight yeah. reel, your mental highlight reel. You know, yeah. yeah it's crazy when I t when I talk. Like, so my co-host is um, upstate New York, and I've tuned him into women's hockey much more than he was, um, and I'm only tuned in because of Carp. Uh, and watching the games are great. The way the team, the style of play, I enjoy it so much more than 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 some other leagues. Um, but. Uh, like talking about the the skill involved and and just explaining to him how like some of those players never lost a hockey east playoff game in their entire college career which is a staggering statistic you know alina chloe murph that's five years mia brown not not they didn't lose a single one yeah yeah i mean i think it's maybe 20 games is that was it I think yeah. 20, maybe 20 playoff games. Don't quote me on that. But, um, I mean, you think about it, you're you're bound to have a hiccup or win, you know, or lose a game on a fluky goal or just things aren't going right that day. And um, the one thing I'll say is th they always found a way to win. Um, no matter if, if we were down and it was late in the game, they, they just found ways to win. And, um it's a credit to that, to that whole group. Um, you know, and I look, Aaron Frankel never lost a hockey's playoff game in net. It's crazy. So, Absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when Abby was on recently, she was talking about uh, Alexa Matsis, who with the monitors in one of those hockey East, uh, or maybe it was the bean pot. She burned like a thousand calories cheering on the bench. Like they're yeah. all so bought in. I mean, it's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We, we get the heart rate data after the game. And, yeah, you'll see some of the – even, like, uh, in some of those big games when Gwen wasn't playing, too, she was – her heart rate was right up there. And um, even our – you know, our kids that don't play a regular shift is uh, – yeah, it's 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 pretty funny. I, I, I said I was going to use it with my argument with my wife during the NHL playoffs. I'd be like, I, I am exercising while I'm sitting here watching. Look, look, look at my monitor. <laughs> well, I, I wear a uh, – not a uh, advertisement for them, but I wear a whoop band. Oh. And uh, there are some games – you say I look calm on the bench. There are some games it, it's like – you just did 90 minutes of exercise. Yeah. And I'm like, that was just my heart rate. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So personal uh, wife and two kids. Uh, I don't know how much you want to, you know, disclose uh, your daughter is at Northeastern and your son, uh, big lax bro going to Merrimack. Yeah. Yep. So uh, my daughter is on the cheer team at Northeastern. Oh, nice. She's entering her third year doing co-op now. 
Um, and my son is off to college in 21 days. Um, he's going to Merrimack College. He's going to put there to play lacrosse. Um, we ain't getting education, but um, he's he's uh, he's he's really excited about the opportunity. They still have fall ball. Do they still do that. Like the yep. uh, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, that's it's a it becomes a year round sport. Ah, it's a good it's hockey in the air. Um, free time. What do you spend your free time doing? If well, uh, free time with you know yeah. Well, For me, mostly fishing, uh, kayak fishing, freshwater. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'll go out in, uh, I'll go, you know, saltwater fishing. I got a friend, a couple friends who have boats. So if I get invited out, I go do that, but mostly it's freshwater in my, in my kayak. Nice. Very good. Uh, when real quick too, while you're are fishing, there's this product called heated core, which is a, uh, very thin base layer, uh, which you can charge and heat up. And it is a, uh, carbon fiber. Very thin, heats up almost immediately, uh, holds a charge for six hours, and you can charge your phone. So if you go to heatedcore.com, you can enter promo code MORNINGSKATE15 and uh, save yourself 15% off Heated Core, heatedcore.com. That's our live ad read that I had to squeeze I, in. I, I might actually uh, need that on the bench. You Some know what's funny is, is they came to – we, we partnered with them, and we were like – Listen, you want to partner with us. I think it's a great product for hockey parents, but you realize it is summer. We're heading into summer. But, you know, hey, now is order now. Have a nice ready for uh, ready for the That's, opening night. I, actually, I could use that recruiting, too. Like, <laughs> as I get older, I don't tolerate the heat. The, uh, heat the, I don't tolerate the cold like I used to. I, I, uh, I get cold real easy in the rink, so. You guys always are always are uh, very clean and neat and professional back there. But there are times I look at Carp and I know he's sweating. He's a sweater. Uh, he he switched over, so he was all I during COVID. I switched out of the suit. I hate weight wearing suits yeah. like just too stiff. I don't like it. So um, I think it was Jerry York used to wear like a zip up jacket on the bench. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not in his. I'm not, I'm no Jerry York, but I like the look. I think I can, I think I can pull it off. So I went with the, the it keeps me a little warmer, right? So I got the Under Armour jacket on and uh, with my shirt and tie. And then I got Carp to, to switch over uh, about mid year. And uh, he's, he's, he's been on, on that train ever since. Are there any, does the NCAA put any restrictions or co or guidelines that you guys have to adhere to behind the bench in terms of dress? I don't think so. Okay. It's just interesting. Like, you know, football coaches in the NFL can wear basically whatever they want. Baseball coaches wear the uniform, you know, right. but at hockey, it's always suits. Yeah. The and then even basketball, basketball, oh, used to be suits, too, right? Yeah. They used to be suits. And now they're, those guys are going with like quarter zips and oh. um, yeah, they're, they're going pretty, pretty casual. Shows you how much basketball I watch. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch a lot. Uh, oh, Carp also told me that you have uh, dad jokes for days. And he said, you're basically the doghouse cheering section. Whenever someone takes a Dixie, you're like, ice is slippery. Watch out. Yeah, I've been using that one for uh, three years. One of the girls falls down in practice. I'll, I'll, I'll just skate by him real quietly. Go, hey, careful. It's slippery out here. <laughs> and for those that haven't been to Matthews, every time an opposing player falls, the doghouse chants. Ice is slippery, which is probably the only chant I can repeat 
<laughs> the first time we brought my daughter, my wife looked at me like, what is going on? I'm like, she doesn't know. She doesn't know. Um, all right. So you ready for the lightning round? This is the big, this is what everybody well, tunes uh, in for. This is what everybody tunes in for. All your players. I won't ask you the one. We ask them all if they go into a one-on-one -on -one battle with Co Coach Carp in the corner, who comes out with the puck. And every one of them lights up and they all say, pick themselves, which that's funny. goes straight up his tailpipe, but I enjoy it. Um, all right. Favorite cartoon character? Uh, SpongeBob. Oh, nice one. Uh, black or white tape? And do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Uh, since I was a goalie, white and uh, heel to toe. Okay. Uh, who would play you in a movie about your life? Mm. You could say R.A. if you wanted. <laughs> 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 yeah, all right, we'll say RA. <laughs> um, favorite vehicle. This is one that I can only ask the coaches because the players are like, what? Favorite vehicle you've ever owned? Uh, Range Rover. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, any pregame superstitions that you have as a coach or that you had as a player that you want to talk about? Um. I mean, as far as pregame, usually I just keep on game day, same routine. Like mm -hmm. I always do the same thing. Like I get up, have my coffee, do, you know, my workout, you know, I'll spend some time on my computer, then I'll go into work. Like I have the same routine that I, I don't like to deviate from it too much. I love when people like say that because everyone does it either it, one of two ways with when we're talking on these uh, these questions is they'll say, oh, yeah, I have a superstition. I like to do X or I like to do Y. And then there are one people like would say like you like, oh, I don't have any superstitions, but I, I do a routine. And, yeah. and there's probably like eight superstitions in that routine. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I just think it's funny. I just think it's yeah. funny. Um all right. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? A, a horse-sized duck. Okay. Okay. Uh, favorite pizza. Dirty. Yeah. <laughs> favorite pizza topping. Uh, pepperoni. Okay. Uh, outside of Matthews, favorite and least favorite ranks to play at. Oof. Favorite is probably uh, I I like Duluth's rink a lot. Okay, even though we lost there, I, I like that a lot. Um, least favorite, go back to my Saint A's days, the uh, Milford Ice Pavilion. Okay, where right. Sacred Heart used to play. Uh, if you could live anywhere in the world, family money is not the issue. Uh, where would you choose? Hawaii. Okay. Uh, you go. You go to the movies without the kids. What's your concession stand order? Popcorn. Uh, maybe some Whoppers. Okay. And uh, a water. Okay. Uh, yeah. I have to I have to change some of these questions. Like I asked Abby what her favorite food is, and she's like sweet potatoes. And I'm like, oh my God. Like D1 <laughs> athletes, what are we doing here? In Abby's mind, that's like a treat. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um all right, more food stuff. Start bench or cut, pancakes, waffles, and French toast. Uh 
Wait a minute, say that again. So, like, instead of like you know the f Mary kill because this is an NCAA approved podcast now, keeping it clean, start bench or cut, pancakes, waffles, or uh, French toast. How how would they fall for you? Oh, start uh, waffles, um, bench. French toast and cut pancakes. All right. Uh, what is a skill you don't possess but you would love to master? Hmm. Juggling. Oh, and get you out there with the juggling crew before games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides hockey, what was your favorite and least favorite jobs? Just a few more of these. Least favorite was um, landscaping. Okay. Um, those were long days. Um, you don't really have the complexion either. I assume a lot of sunblock was used back oh, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> the sun's not my friend. Did you say uh, favorite, not including my current job? Not including hockey. Yeah. Outside of I worked at Parks and Recreation in my town. I enjoyed that a lot. There you go. Um, all right. So we have the Dave Flint Music Festival. Any three artists, living or dead, who you got? Oh, geez. I'm not a music guy. Um, actually, my kids have introduced me to an a, um, artist who's from he, – he went to Hanover High School and went, oh. went to school with Maddie Hartman. Noah Khan is okay. his name. Um, I like his music. Um, Dean Lewis and Louis Capaldi. They're all kind of in that genre. I, I kind of, I like listening to that right now. Okay. Um, Chloe had the best answer. She picked herself as the third, which I thought was like <laughs> yeah. the healthiest thing that anyone could yeah. ever say. Um, most famous person in your phone. I'm not going to ask you to call him just... Uh, Charlie Moore. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, this one, I, this one is a new one. I ask everybody this because I never. Or, well, Kendall, Kendall might get mad if I don't say Kendall Coin. <laughs> uh, all right, both equally famous. Actually, Kendall's probably more famous. I would think. Um, by any chance, do you have a Jerome McGinley story? No. All right. As I ask everybody because he's my he's my my white whale for this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, he's my guy. Uh, do you have any questions for us for the morning skate or me? No, <laughs> that one I, I just throw in at the end. Well, that's it. That's all we had. I mean, everything er, ever since I asked you the board shorts question at the bean pot, everything's <laughs> everything's easier after that. <laughs> I was dared to do that, by the way. Um, yeah, the other journalists were just like, who is this guy that got in here? Which the I look thought was on pretty the, funny. On the, the girl that was running the, the press conference, the look on her face of disgust was <laughs> priceless. The best was Delaney, who completely turned around and faced the wall because she knew it was coming. I warned her. I go, if you can let me ask this one ridiculous question. She goes, oh, my God. She has the patience of a saint. She really does. She's awesome to us. Uh, well, it's good. For this episode of the Morning Skate, we're signing off with head coach Dave Flint of the Northeastern Huskies. Opening night is September 23rd, I think. Uh, 23rd. Penn State. At Historic Matthews. And I've said this a number of times in this podcast over these airwaves. Pound for pound, the best hockey entertainment value for your dollar 
is the Northeastern women's Huxies. No, no arguments about it. I know you can't say it, but I will. So uh, signing off from the morning skate, want to thank head coach Dave Flint. Uh, actually, Coach Berm, if you're listening, you're on the, you're on notice because we're working our way through the staff. Definitely now. have her on next. Yeah, and, and we uh, we've just added another coach. Just oh. a little uh, hot off the press, um, Melissa Piacentini has been promoted to assistant coach. So oh, the congrats! Um, we've we now have four four assistant coaches. So oh, that's awesome! Um, excited excited to elevate her to coach status and she's been a, a great uh a great addition to our staff um and she's been a great part of it the last five years so excited oh, that's fantastic her. good for her and breaking news on the morning skate how much better can we get from that well that's it for this episode september 23rd 9th yep 23rd September 23rd. Schedule's out now. You can see uh, Megan Carter and Taze Thompson on the graphic if you follow Northeastern on socials. And uh, we'll see you at Historic Matthews. Coach, thanks for doing this. Thanks, Adam. Now this is where it goes south when I have to try to figure out the buttons. All right. There we go.